0: I'm Aryeh Cohen, and this is Daff Shui, Weekly Duff. Give me 40 minutes or so, and I'll give you a Daff or so. Okay, it's been a minute. Weekly has a very elastic meaning here in the Daf Shui studio in the closet. But so glad to be back. Two weeks, I could blame on God, but I gotta take the rest of the time on me. My fault, sorry. Here we go. So. Four years after the uh, after the massacre in Pittsburgh, Kanye West decides to break out the anti-Semitism, followed by some outfit called Goyim TV, white nationalists dropping a banner here on the 405, flyering cars, promising bad stuff to Jews and about Jews. And of course, the Jewish establishment's reaction is that we have to make sure that everybody knows that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. And there you go. That's it. On the day that the Israeli government, looks like the Israeli government is running towards fascism. So there you go. Things here in Los Angeles are a-poppin. Revelations turned up by the city council that folks were racist behind closed doors while they were trying to be anti-democratic. On the other hand, that led to a lot of solidarity between black and brown and Jewish and Native Mexican Oaxacan Armenian groups who are all together slighted and now are all coming together in solidarity to demand the resignation of two city council members and we have an election coming up some good things might come out of it some bad things might come out of it We're teetering we are teetering We are almost there there's a wonderful. Torah of the Piazetzner says that the moment before one does a sin is the holiest moment. Because it's the moment that is all possibility. We're in that moment. It's all possibility. We could actually choose for good. We could. Not really. Choose good. Do good. Let's learn some Gemara. So here we are in our comfy little bait Midrash in the closet. Here at Daf Shui, we try to bring you the highest quality Daf Shui programming available on this site. We so appreciate your being here with us, pulling up a chair to our imaginary table and joining in the centuries-old process of asking the question, what were the rabbis thinking? So now we are asking for you, if you are able, to be partners in this venture by going to our Patreon page, which is linked on the podcast page, and becoming card-carrying members of the Beit Midrash, cards not included. Remember, we are not one of those corporate dafyomi outfits. We're more of a rickety, storefront, shtiebel dafyomi. Thank you so much. Who's that? Arda. Who's that? Arda. Who's that? Arda. So here we are on the mission on the bottom of 93B. One sells produce to their fellow. And this is the whole ballgame. When one sells produce to one's friend, to one's fellow, the buyer accepts that... There will be in every se'ah, some measure of grain, a quarter log of tinofet, which is, you know, kind of dirt, stone stuff. So a quarter log of tinofet, bad stuff. One sells figs to one's friend, the buyer, except that there will be ten. Wormy figs for every hundred. Martev yain, If one sells a basement full of wine, a wine basement. Macabella lav eser kosasot One accepts that ten of the bottles out of a hundred, or ten jugs out of a hundred, will be bad. Cancanim bisharon. Bottles in the... In the Sharon, which is in the in the north, the of Eser Pitasot LeMea accepts upon themselves ten bad jugs for every hundred. Right, so one tenth of the product that they are getting, he accepts that it will be bad, and that probably has a lot to do. In the case of wine, that probably has a lot to do with the with the way that wine was stored then. In the case of of figs and grain, it has a lot to do with the fact that. You know, when you're farming, that's what comes along with the grain. And if you spend all the time pulling out the dirt and the pebbles, it's just impossible, apparently. So this is this is the agreement between seller and buyer. You know you get this much. It's like nowadays when you buy quinoa or you buy rice, or you buy, buy especially if you buy it, you know, in in not in a plastic bag, but you buy you have to check it for stones. And you assume there are going to be stones, then you don't go back and say, give me more grains of rice. Give me more quinoa grains. But you accept it. And so the question is just how much is acceptable and how much is bad? So we could agree that if you come home and you open the bag and it's all stones, that's bad. We could Agree that if you come home and there are no stones, that's good. Now, what is the place in the middle? And that's what the mission is talking about. And that's what we're, the Gemara is going to be talking about. Tani Rav Rova Lisea. So Rav Ketina said that actually what we're talking about is a quarter of a log of legumes for a sea measure of grain. So then the Gemara, of course, asks, And you mean... That there's not allowed to be any dirt. Bahama Rabihia Ktosva mishmed Rabba did not Rabbichia Ktosva uh from Ktosva in the name of Rabbah, Borer Ts R Migornoshil Habiron, Tainlo Dmechitin, Kitnit Rova, Afurit Pachot Mirova. If somebody if somebody goes into their fellow's silo and sifts through the grain. And pulls out all the bad stuff, all the rocks. So then the buyer in that case has to pay for the 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 grain. Keats needs he has to pay for a quarter, and Afurit he has to pay for less than a quarter. Afurit means means dirt. In other words, if you if the buyer the if the buyer has sifted out the dirt and the or the stones causes a loss to the seller. Since the seller was allowed to sell the grain with the dirt. However, at least according to the Rashbam, the seller cannot mix the dirt back into the grain, since this would be directly performing an act of Avel or injustice or iniquity, thereby violating what it says in Leviticus 19. Lotasu Avel, you shall not do you shall do no iniquity. The rush bomb raises the idea that this is also not a complete damage. Complete damage is not really a term in the English language, but it's not its not a, a nezek shalem, right? it's not a total damage, in that, total tort, in that the dirt by itself is not worth anything, and therefore by throwing it away, the borer, the sifter guy, is not actually harming the seller, it is only in the case where the dirt mixes with the grain by itself that the seller can sell it as grain. So here we have the problem. The buyer comes to the seller, the seller is selling grains, the buyer says, you know what, I'm going to sift through the grain and I'm only going to take the grain and I'm not going to take the dirt. And then he says, here, I'm going to take a seah of grain, but that seah is much larger, has more grain in it than normal because the buyer assumes that there's going to be a certain amount of dirt in it. And so if there was only grain, if it was pure grain, the buyer would sell it for more because he's getting paid less for his grain. Right? And the same is true with with that is wheat, and the same is true with legume with the legumes and dirt in it and as, as a proportion of the wheat. And then the question is, and it says that Afurit is pachot mirova. Dirt, you get less than a quarter. Aferit rova low. So the question so the stam asks, but does that mean that if there was a rova, a quarter of a log of aferit of dirt? So it doesn't count. You're now allowed to do it, or you don't have to pay for it. We have a Breita, we have a Tanaitic text that says one who sells produce to their friend, if it's wheat, so the friend, the buyer, accepts upon himself. That there's going to be a quarter of legumes, a quarter of a log of legumes for every seah. If it's barley, the buyer accepts upon himself that there's going to be a quarter of nishovet, which is either from the word either nishovet or nishofet, according to the Yad Rama. Nishovet is chaff that's blown away, right? Nishovet is chaff, the part that is that is is taken away. Nishofet is meaning the amount that the wind blows away. Not sure how that would be measured together with the grain, but there you go. Alav rova If it's lentils, so then the buyer accepts that there will be a quarter of a log of dirt for every sea. So says, so so so, what? so this means that there's the same law for both wheat and barley. Right? Wheat has for every a uh, quarter lug for every seah. Uh, for every right measure, and barley has a quarter for every seah. Shani adashim akri So the difference is, the difference with adashim, which, uh, for which we're talking about afrit, dirt, is because it is pulled from the roots, and therefore there's more dirt. We're worried more about the dirt. El de adashim really? Are you saying that the reason for lentils is that they are pulled out from the root, but wheat and barley are not? Why don't you rather say that with wheat and barley is different because you don't have to accept dirt? So, no, rather the buyer accepts dirt with the wheat and the barley, but rather it is only the lentils that is extra and needs to be stated that you have to accept the dirt. Because you would have thought that since with the lentils, it's pulled out by the roots. I'm a Brooklyn boy, so I have no idea if this... Conforms to any fact, but that doesn't make a difference. Since with lentils, since it is pulled up by the by the roots, you would have thought that the buyer would accept even more. Would have to accept even more than a rova, more than a quarter of a load. Kamash malan. So this comes to teach us that not. So actually, it is the adashim, the lentils that are the the odd one out. Amravhuna so imbalin apot kulos. Ravhuna comes to say that if the buyer comes and decides to sift the wheat. Sift whatever the produce is—the wheat, the barley, the lentils. So then the buyer sifts the whole thing, or has to sift the whole thing. And the stam asks, "Amri la dina, but amri la knasa?" So some people say that this is the halacha; this is straight up law. And some people say, "No, this is a fine." Amri la dina. Those who say that this is the law, mandi yav zuze apiri shapiri yav. So the ones who say it's the law, it's because the person who gives money is giving money for good. Produce. And for a quarter of a lug, a person doesn't care. He's not going to go and he's not going to sift it out. But more than a quarter lug, a person will. So there is a threshold beyond which a person will go and decide to sift out the wheat. And since the person, go, the person expends the effort to do it, so then it'll expend the effort to do it for everything. So it's just a straight up halacha. Now, the question of tarach is whether or not there's a difference between the Rashbam and the Ad Ramad. The Rashbam understands tarach, to exert effort, means that he would not take the trouble to sift the whole thing himself. The Yad Ramad interprets say that he would not take the trouble to go to the court for only a rova. The Amrila knasa, and those who say that it is actually a fine, rova shachiyach yeter lo a quarter of a log is what generally occurs, right? That is normal. That's what happens. But more than that is not normal. The And if it's not, if it's more than that, that means that the Balabayat, the owner himself mixed in the dirt. And since the owner mixed the dirt in to the, to the grain by himself, the rabbis fine him for the whole thing. Okay, the, the Yad interjects here that More than a quarter is not normal, is not regular. Implies that, therefore, it must have been mixed in intentionally. And, therefore, if there is proof that it was not mixed in intentionally, then there would be no fine. So, in other words, even if there's more, even if there's more, but it was obviously not intentional, so there wouldn't be a fine. Okay, so now we have another siman. And this siman, as we said before, is usually a late addition, and it just numbers or... The mnemonic goes through all the upcoming highlights. Kol, tre, shtare, duravan, ona abakablanuta. We're not going to get through all of them, but the first one is Kol. The next one is Tre. Actually, it's interesting because it's Tre is an Aramaic translation of Shneim, Shneim Shivkidu and so on and so forth. This week's episode is brought to you by MSU, the only app you really need. Have you ever been in a situation where you were in an argument and painted yourself into a corner because you didn't really know anything about the relationship between sports and economics, or whether Bratwurst really had toxic plastic bits in it, but, on the other hand, you would win that argument if you could only pull out that fact and state it with the certainty of a mediocre white guy? Well... Now we have the perfect solution. It's the MSU app on your phone or off. Need a fact? The factoid? An alternative fact? Just reach for the MSU when you have to make sh- stuff up. Okay. May TV. So, first of all, May TV is challenging Ravuna. The immediately previous statement, Raj says that the statement is specifically challenging the Knas part. That this is challenging the Knas part of the statement, which we just talked about. The fine um, that up to a quarter is... Normal more than a quarter is not normal, and that means that the Balabai himself mixed it in. And the challenge is from a mishnah in Masachet Kilayim. Kilayim itself is is about this biblical law that you're not allowed to mix two types of grain together, or grain and vineyards, grain and grapes together. And so it goes through the whole thing about mixtures. So any se'ah, measure of grain, which has a quarter log from another type, so he has to minimize it. He has to make it less. So the question is, what does it mean? So it's not clear what makes it less means. The Adraman and the Rashbam both hold that it means prior to planting, which makes sense, right? You take the seeds or you take whatever it is and take out some of them. Though there are others who hold it refers to after planting, prior to sprouting. What does you have to dig it up from the ground, that even though it usually, usually think that it becomes kilayim, mixed grains, when it hits the ground, there are those who understand this are saying, no, it's not, it's not when it hits the ground, but rather when it sprouts. Okay. Sabrua de rova de kilayim ki rova de hacha So the one theory is that a quarter log of kilayim, of mixed grains, is more than a rova here. So therefore, and it's still, it says yema'ed. It doesn't say it's pasul. It doesn't say you have to throw it out. So it just says yema'ed. So that seems to be a problem for the Knaskai because they said that a rova quarter is normal. Lo, rova de kilayim ki rova de hachadami. So no the psalm says rather a quarter of a log of kilayim of, of mixed grains is just like a quarter here in our case that we just cited so why do we say that he should minimize it make it less Mishum because kilayim is such an important prohibition so the stringency of because of the stringency of kilayim it says that he has to take it down and you can't just say well that's normal so if that's so, so why don't we continue reading? You can't just cherry pick one line out of the Mishnah. Who do you think you are? Stam, Rabbi Yossi, Omer Yavor. Rabbi Yossi says you should, you have to actually sift it. If in fact you're gonna say that it's that a rova by kilayim is more is like more than a rova of dirt in our case. This is what they're talking about then. to the, isura." The first opinion, the anonymous opinion in the Mishnah says that you do not find permitted grain because of forbidden grain. Rabiosi says you actually do find permitted grain because of forbidden grain. But if you're going to say it's the same as... A quarter log here. So why do you have to, why do you have to divide it? Why do you have to sift it out? Say so no, because there the reason for Rabbi is that it would see, if you didn't separate it out completely, it would seem as if you are supporting the practice of kilayim of mixing grains, which would undermine the Torah's prohibition. Tashma. So now the Gemara is going to continue and try to figure out this question of mixing and not mixing and separating out and what is normal and what is not normal. And here we're up to Shnaim, which is in our Siman tray. Two people deposited money by one other person. One person deposited a mana, a hundred. And one person deposited 200. And then they came back to pick up their deposits, and they both said, you know what? The 200 is mine. Surprise. So the person with whom it was deposited gives each one 100. And the other 100 just stays with him until Elijah comes, meaning forever. Well, until Elijah comes. And that's the mission above Matziah 3 4. So here now, how do we compare that? How does that work with what we were saying before? That it seems that you can separate it out, and there are parts that separate out and parts that are together. Here it's obvious that each one has a 100, so that's not mixed together. But in our case, who's going to say that it's not totally mixed together? So the question asked, and then the distinction drawn is to the case of the knasseh, the fine above, when the reason for the fine is that the owner must have mixed them together and he himself, he himself, he mixed them together by himself. Here, the difference is that clearly one mana belongs to one and one to the other. So that whereas there, it could have been that the owner mixed them all together and therefore has to sift, the whole thing. Tashma. Misefa. So coming here from the end, from the end of that same Mishnah Rabyossi, Imkay V Haramai Ella Hakoyemunah Ashivo Ila Elyahu. So Rabiosi is kind of a punitive, punitive thinking guy. He says, if you give each one a mana, so the fraudster doesn't lose out because he gets his mana. Right? He just figured, you know, I'll take a I'll take a jump, I'll take a leap of faith or a leap of lack of faith, and I'll claim the 200. Worst comes to worst, I'll get 100, just like the other guy. So if you actually say, yes, you give them each 100, and then you keep the other 100 forever by by the depositee. So that's not a word, but whatever. Uh, what is the fraudster loss? Rather, all of them should be left by the guy who with whom they deposited until Eliyahu comes. So how does that work? With ours, there it seems that the hundred is actually, we're assuming that it is mixed. Now, there, in the case of the mana and the mana, and the mana and the matayim, the hundred and the two hundred, it's obvious that there really was a fraudster. Here, in our case, how do you know he mixed it together? So we don't know that he mixed it together, so therefore we have the cutoff point of a quarter of a lobe. Tashma. And now we're up to the next word in the Siman, which is shtare, tashma. So a contract, in which is written in it interest. It is fined, or we find the person who lent the money on interest. And he cannot collect, he can collect neither the principal nor the interest, according to Rebbe Mayer. Now there is a, it seems like, there, this is a Breita, which is not found in any place in, any, in the in the Tosefta or in the Mishnah. But in the other two places where it's cited, it says Starshakatuvo, which doesn't really change the meaning, but it's just, you know, interesting. That the shtar contract in which it is written, in which interest is written or has, not real big difference. Hachihashta. So then what are you gonna do here? Because here we say it's as if you decided that everything's mixed together because you can't collect anything. Hata Mishat k'tiva da Shuma. So there, no. The difference is that in a contract which has interest in it, from the moment that it was written, he had already made the interest because the, the assessment that there would be interest. So therefore, everything is possible. Everything is, is disqualified. Here, in our case of the grain and the dirt, who says that it was mixed together? Tashma. Misefa, but let's go on there also with the end of the with the end of that Gemara. Gove But say you say that you can collect the principal but not collect the interest. So how do you do that? Hatam, how does that work out? If you can only collect the principal, the, the principal and not collect the interest. How do you know what's principal and what's interest if you're gonna say that from the time that the star was written? Hatan, that from the time the contract was written, it's all forbidden. Hatam karna So no, because the principle, according to the sages' reasoning, the principle is definitely permitted. aruve aruv. Here we still have a doubt. And the doubt is that there's a possibility that actually it was all mixed together. Okay, so we're going back and forth on this notion of what can we know definitely, right? You have grain and there's dirt. And was it mixed in? Was it incidentally mixed in? What is the assumption we bring to the case? Do we assume that that all grain has X amount of dirt? And if there is more than that, do we assume always that the grain seller mixed that extra in by themselves or not? And that is working. That's what we're working through with all these other cases. So there we go. We're going to stop here this week. And... Next week, continue in the thick of what is existing behind the veil of legal ignorance and what actually can we figure out, what actually presents itself in some way as definitive so that we could decide that this is not all mixed together or this is not part of that or that we can figure out what actually, when you bought one thing, did it include or not include other things within it. Thank you so much for joining me this week in the Beit Midrash in the Closet. I want to thank, as always, my wonderful producer, Eli Unger Sargon. Check out his podcast, Four Qubits. I also want to thank my wonderful Chavruta, Charlotte van Robert, and the comms team here at Dashui Shachar Cohen Hodus. You can always follow me at, well, you know, now with the whole Elon Musk thing, but we're sticking it out for a while. You can always follow me at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T, and my email address. All comments are gratefully accepted. Thewidowandthebrothers at gmail.com. It's been a pleasure being with you. Look forward to seeing you next time. Stay well, stay healthy, and vote.